0: Your company's overall performance depends on having the best information.
1: We are connected to the most amazing network of professionals.
0: It's not just about what you know, it's about having access to the right team for the given situation.
1: I am Warren Spiewak.
0: And I'm Drew Addison. Risk, strategy, marketing, and operations. Welcome to Ahead of the Game. we are speaking with Kurt and Yvette Robinson from Robinson General Contractors. And I uh, just to kind of give a little bit of background on on the company. This year, 2020, they are hitting their 10 year anniversary. And as of today, we found out that their, their wedding anniversary is today as well.
1: Because I kind of understood, you know, who we were meeting today and it's a husband and wife team. And really both of your personalities are so synergistic in how you guys confront business and the community. I thought it was really neat. To find out it's their anniversary, not just as a marriage, but then to think 10 years in business, pretty incredible. Well, I mean, maybe
0: that's the secret sauce for a healthy marriage, too. (laughs) So we're
1: going to find that out. But
0: uh, some background on Kurt Robinson. Uh, He's a seasoned engineering and project manager with about 15 years of experience in the commercial construction industry, both on the military and civilian contract worlds. Works with Lowe's, San Antonio River Authority, TxDOT, and Sprouts Market, as well as countless local, state, and federal government contracts. And then Yvette Robinson, if you haven't met her yet, you absolutely will, but she has expanded Robinson general contractors beyond San Antonio and has actually successfully completed several ground-up projects and remodel projects in the commercial market herself. Yvette has extended Robinson general contractors customer base to include many large commercial retail companies, as well as local state and federal governmental departments. So, you know, the, the two mix really well, the experience is there. I mean, a married couple owning a company. You know, I know that working with my wife, uh, she can only take so long of me before
1: I need to get out of the room. <laughs> you guys really weren't handed some big business. This was really started from scratch. When
2: they say blood, sweat, and tears, <laughs> it, that's the truth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's maybe dive into that. Tell us about, like, where Robinson is today, and then it'll be really fun to kind of get into the different components that you guys have seen help you grow this business the way you have.
3: Well, today, um, we're kind of a little past where we want it to be. Honestly. Um, <laughs> we, 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 didn't see ourselves, uh, growing at this rate. Um, so it's kind of a pleasant surprise yeah. and reward. Um, we're doing, uh, several remodels for major companies. Um, we're, uh, are blessed to be a, a contractor for HEB for Lowe's market. Um, we, uh, Thanks to Yvette, we are now a a certified vendor for CVS, so we're we're bidding several CVS projects, which is going to expand us outside of Texas quite a bit more. We've grown exponentially, and like I said, beyond what either of us talked about 10 years ago. We really wanted to have something that we could call ours that would support us and and now we're supporting several families that uh, we call employees but they're our family as well.
2: They truly are family. I mean I'm really happy that they are part of us and I'm excited to see that a lot of them are growing with us and hopefully will retire with us.
0: Well I mean you you really hit on two really key points and you know one of which especially for you know some of the contractors that may may be listening in that relationship is key when it comes to project owners. Just to kind of take it back and I I think it's really important to kind of bring it back for the context of this conversation, I want you to think back to the day that you two decided to start Robinson General Contractors and open for business. What goals did you have in mind at the time? And you kind of touched on a little bit there where we've kind of exceeded those, but um, you know, what, what were your ideas of jobs and size of jobs coming out of the gate?
3: Honestly, when we first started, I had a misconception. I thought we would come out of the gate and would we'll just get on Builders Exchange or or any of the the, the job uh, platforms out there and, and start bidding jobs at, you know, grab a $2 million job and you know, make 5% profit and live off that for the year. I mean, that's how naive I was going into it. Come to find out that's not how it works. <laughs>
2: I, I can attest to that. I mean, it when we're first starting out, I come from the residential side. So I had a completely different idea of what commercial was. Since starting Robinson General Contractors, my first stop that I accidentally ran into was Small Business Development Center. And through them, I was able to kind of get some pointers, some guidance. And I learned so much. I learned about Bonding about certifications, mm. how they work, what they do for you. And if you don't understand what that is, then you're gonna be lost, especially in the commercial side.
0: So you you have a significant list of the certifications in place, right? So the SBA 8A, EDWSB, WSB, all of them, right? Yes. So and it, normally that's the typical first bit of advice that small contractors, at least small contractors in San Antonio, receive is if you want to be able to go or at least be... start
2: building a resume, right. you need to understand how those local, state, and federal certifications work and what they mean. Because just because you're a DBE doesn't mean you're going to get a project mm. with the city unless it's for the airport. You know, you you so, to and know That's, what that that's really the,
0: the big misconception too, because you know I think a lot of times. They go out and get all the certifications done. They're expecting their phone to start ringing because they're certified. That's not mm. going to happen. And so, you know, in your experience, really in the first, you know, year, two years, uh, after you got all the certifications done, you've already done the, the the foundational setting up of the company. What was that like?
2: Well, now you need to know how to put a bit packet together for the sit, local, state, or federal. Mm. Everyone has a process. So if you don't understand that, and it's kind of tricky sometimes when you get a, a bid packet or a solicitation packet that's about two or three hundred pages long. Where do you start? So, Well,
3: our first projects had little to do with the certifications. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer working with private companies. Um, you know, Lowe's Market, H-E-B, those companies have been very good to us. Our first job with Lowe's Market was the replacing a a disconnect in dilly texas and two years later we were doing ground ups for which was huge you don't get that kind of traction with any
1: government work you went on and did what would be considered a very small thing replacing a disconnect
3: it's basically main switch to the the circuit breaker panel in the store
1: yeah Um, so here you go you replace this one thing and it opens up a relationship
3: right they were impressed on how quickly we did it the manner in which we installed it the cleanliness and the reporting and the attention to detail so you know the the next job we got was honestly it was remodeling a restroom in right outside of San Antonio <laughs> in um, Casterville
1: and like what would have been the budget on that
3: job 12 Thousand. Yeah. Retiling the entire thing, new exhaust
1: fans, new fixtures. I'm only asking this because you know there's a lot of contractors that they might have just started. Kind of what's great about what y'all are talking about right now is like it. It does. It's not like you just open your doors, get some certificates, and then suddenly. You know, you're gangbusters making mm-hmm. mad revenue. Right. There is a buildup. There is a little bit of accepting the smaller projects to create a bigger relationship. Oh, that's true. You put your
0: dues in. 100%. To be able to sit back and, and expect something to come to you, that never works. No. It doesn't matter what business you're in. You know, if, if that's your mindset, then you should really rethink what your strategy is going to be moving forward. And that's the folklore with the 8A certification is everybody says,
3: oh, as soon as you get 8A, they're going to call you and give you a $6 million project because you're 8A certified. That doesn't happen.
0: Right. Yeah. So that's another point I wanted to talk about too. So, and that's really the big one is the 8A. Mm-hmm. And there is some leverage that can be done. You know, I do like the program itself, especially when it comes to the mentor protege program, all that is is really great. But again, there's a misconception or, or a miscommunication on how that, Works because mm-hmm. even if you do get the 8A, you still have to go and market. You still have to go to work. You still have to grind it out. The money's not going to be given to you. No,
1: right. There's synergy here. Like as you as you Yvette, speak about putting a bid out and having these packets, that could be very intimidating for a contractor. It could also make someone who. If their if their brain isn't wired for that and they go like, hey, that's organization is key. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The oh shit moment is real. right? (laughs) No one needs to judge themselves on it. It just it's everybody. Right.
2: And you're not going to do it perfect the first time. So I would recommend, you know what, ask for a debriefing if Mm. if that's available to you and, you know, see what you did wrong. And what can we do better to give it to you next time?
0: Kurt and Yvette are are, uh, motorheads for sure. Um, So uh, I like to compare them to like Kurt being the engine and the nuts and bolts of the company. And then Yvette being the oil and the gas being this true, she is a go-ho marketeer, man. Definitely. Like I I I said earlier, if you have not met her, you will meet her eventually. Well,
1: they say this like in business, right? You could have a, as a restaurant, as an example, you could have the most amazing restaurant. If it's in the middle of the desert somewhere and no one knows where it is and no one can taste the food it doesn't matter yeah when you actually are have the attitude of hey this is our community we're going to employ people we're going to be a, a, a well-respected company we're going to have a great reputation it's that integrity and that follow-through and that is what the relationship is that that you you get to go out and say hey this is what we do this is how we do it if you want it done by us give us a call right and then you have this amazing team behind mm-hmm. you
2: but I am big on that community. You know, you have to be part of the community. I do it because I like it. I I like getting out there and helping out, knowing that I volunteered here and there. And and honestly, I mean, at the end of the day, if a job comes out of it, great. Sure. You know, we if you don't know who we are, then you're not going to do business with someone you don't mm-hmm. know.
0: Being of service rather than being of sales is Mm -hmm. a huge Mm. component, right? Yvette and I are, you know, we run around the same associations, all all the construction associations around town. But, you know, just kind of highlight some of this other stuff that uh, Yvette's been involved with, uh, she's been a board member for the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. She's been a board member for the Hispanic Contractor Association of San Antonio. ABLDP class of 2016. You just recently did the Goldman Sachs 500?
2: Goldman Sachs 10,000. 10,000, well, right. Yes. So
0: can, can you talk about the application process, getting accepted? Why did you want to do something like that? Because, I mean, you're running a business. So it's You and Kurt. Kurt's like, where is he dead at? <laughs> <laughs> so well, can, can you that, explain what that process Because of was? the
2: COVID, I was a here. <laughs> I did everything through Zoom. But that opportunity gave me a whole different thought process on where to take Robinson General Contractors. And with those ideas and what I've learned through Goldman Sachs, I already know what we Mm -hmm. need to do to make it through to another 10 years. It teaches you how to plan for it. Even it teaches you how to grow. Mm -hmm. And without that path that they've shown us, I wouldn't even have thought of half the things that they taught me there.
1: And it says a lot for, I mean, just as I sit here, I go like, okay, here's, you know, and I I can't wait to talk about this year, but to think of the success you are at right now with the jobs you have, but to think that here it is, both of you are learning, you're continuing your educational uh, pathway to make business better, to be a better employer. You learn something new every day. Isn't that something? <laughs> it's not like people get to a certain point point they go, like, yeah, I think we're good. Like, we'll just keep doing whatever. We'll let, just let the phone ring. There's a lot of energy that goes into this. Let's just take a moment to take a segment into what this year has been. For a lot of us, it's been a lot of, there's a lot of disruption. There's been, from a project standpoint, I'm sure there's different budgeting. Drew has mentioned to me how the, the world of bonding has changed quite a bit. And you see the contractors that are implementing some of the strategies that are on the bond side and how they do the bids. That really works. What has this year been like? Has it been tough for Robinson? What has even COVID done for you guys? Like, do y'all have projects going on now?
2: I don't think we ever stopped working. We're still (laughs) coming um, in.
3: We lucked out big time for COVID. We had uh, four contracts awarded to us from HEB uh, at the beginning of the year that we actually got off ground and we started in late january february uh right before everything went kind of crazy as Mm -hmm. i call it so we were pretty much ankle deep in all four projects we had three curbside expansions going on in west texas and midland odessa and we had a uh, a large refrigeration remodel in abilene that we had started so um HEB thankfully made the executive decision to keep those projects rolling since we were already ankle deep in them. Now HEB stayed open to help the community out. You know, everybody was going crazy for the toilet paper and everything else and it was it was crazy uh, during the day. Sure. Um, but they had truncated hours, but they were still stayed open. While we were doing the remodels, of course, with the curbsides it was huge. Uh, we were expanding those. Their orders were through the roof. Just everybody wanted curbside. Uh, not going to the store type thing. So we really put those on, you know, I call it turbo. And mm-hmm. we got those knocked out for them and gave them the extra capacity and space that they needed out there in West Texas and finished Abilene slightly early, a couple weeks
1: early. That's amazing because everybody's contractor nightmare is like, Hey, don't build anything brand new. Cause it's going to take forever and nothing's going to be on deadline. And here you guys are saying, no, we actually finished the job ahead of schedule. We're <laughs> hiring <laughs> and they're growing, and we're- and we're growing. <laughs> surprise surprise uh,
0: I, I do want to touch base on uh, y'all's relationship with Lowe's HEB especially with forecasts are showing that you know there may be a decline in non-residential building whether or not that's going to hold true we don't know those long relationships and I, I think it's really important for the contractors that are listening to this to realize the importance of establishing those relationships with those project owners because that that can really help extend your backlog multiple years so if they're contacting you directly i would assume it's probably a good place to be yes but it took years to build those relationships
3: and how right. do
1: they happen like so like how does it happen if i'm a contractor right now and i'm going like I really want something big. I would love to have like a nice fat project and I need to figure out this bid stuff and all that. How does that happen? Where do you go from there? To clarify, uh,
3: so, you know, we'll do seven figure jobs. You know, we never thought or dreamed of doing that when we started out, but we're doing four of them right now Mm -hmm. for various clients. And I get a call from a, a client that I worked with, you know, when we very first started and he said, I got a fence that needs to be relocated. It's a $1,500 job. And we knocked it out for him. That
1: so, says so much. Just when it comes to doing work, it's not about the ROI in every case. Sometimes no. it's about the relationship.
3: Exactly. They know they can call me no matter what it is, big or small. And they know it'll get done. It'll get done right. And,
2: and don't bite off more than you can chew. It's okay to say, you know what? At this point in time, I cannot do it.
3: Mm. And that was the so, scariest thing for me. I was always taught never say no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the time, we were still a relatively young company. We were five years into it, I think, doing two ground ups. And we were getting calls from a, a large company. I, I just had to say, I don't have the manpower to do it. I, I'd be happy to give you a bid if you need another number. But, you know, you know it,
1: this is interesting because a lot of people who want to grow their business, yeah, you feel like you just keep your foot on the gas red line, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have doubt, let the doubt be the thing that drives you to certainty, like, like have this, like do use your professional intuition to know when to say no, Mm -hmm. because sometimes by saying no to something, you're saying yes to something else, even if it's just your reputation, knowing that there's not a client out there that wants to choke you, right? Mm -hmm. Well,
3: and and be transparent about it. Um, If you just no bid the job, then the customer is not going to appreciate that. But if you call them and tell them what's going on, and maybe they'd need that third or fourth number. And they say, "Yeah, okay, yeah, shoot for the fences. I just need another number to fill this uh, a blank." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I don't mind doing that. Uh, thankfully, we haven't had to do that in a while. But when we were first starting out, we just didn't have the capacity
0: to do that. There's a level of relationship building and just providing that. Yes, and uh, keeping that line of communication open is really important. So that's it's actually a great uh, segue into my my next question in celebration of y'all's wedding uh, <laughs> anniversary.
1: I was wondering right? why was there flower? I was like, this husband man, this <laughs> guy, <laughs> he's got fresh flowers <laughs> on the table. He knows he Kurt knows what he's doing. Drew's right? like Drew's like boy, those flowers smoking. I'm like, man, this guy is an inspiration. <laughs> he knows right? what he's doing. And then and then uh, fortunately for me, I go like, well, at least it is an anniversary, so it's not like he was just driving by. <laughs> The Costco, the, the, the so,
0: yeah, and in, in, in light of that, you know, we're, we're at y'all's office right now. When it's time to go home, you guys get in the truck, head back to the house. How do you turn this off when you go home?
2: I come in my own car. <laughs>
0: yes, that helps quite a bit. <laughs> okay, that's a good start. Yeah. So, so, when you get home, though, how do y'all manage that work life? We balance? never
2: do it. I mean, it. Uh, if it needs to come in, then, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it's important. Let me get it at 7 o'clock at night.
0: Okay, well, let's, let's dial it down then. So if there's a disagreement on work, how is that managed? I'm not
3: going to lie. We can get heated every now and again, but mm-hmm. we get pretty level-headed pretty quickly. Uh, I'll listen to her side of and her reasoning for mm-hmm. her argument of it, and she'll listen to mine. Usually we come to a pretty decent agreement on it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's drug out for a little longer than an hour but usually they're cleared up within an hour yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: because i mean that's the dynamic that we're working with here i mean it's it's not easy running a business with with your spouse i would would imagine that it's it it takes a lot
2: communication is key
3: it (laughs) is but uh, engineering background everything in my mind works off of numbers so if i can quantify it it's here's the numbers this is my
1: argument they say 40 percent of billionaires are engineers and i think that what's interesting about where i think entrepreneurs sometimes get into deep is part of being an entrepreneur is you dream you're a dreamer But the other part is you got to keep your feet on the ground. You got to do like what you guys are saying, mathematically be sound, you know, make your commitments follow through and and like in or even like what you've done, Yvette, with your with your professional development to say, hey, I'm going to always be kind of learning the cutting edge strategies and tactics But through it all, there's moments where it's overwhelming sometimes when you're early on, right? Because there's people that could be listening to this that all they want to know is like, how do you get, you know, how do you get off, you know, second base, right? Right. Because sometimes if you don't have your ducks in a row, if you're, whether it's an accounting thing or, or office organization, or you don't know how to market your business as an entrepreneur, you owe it to yourself to continually learn and drive forward in areas that might not be your expertise. right? Or mm-hmm. find the right people. In this case, you have this great team where y'all's personalities complement each other. Doesn't mean that a contractor out there who has a wife that's a school teacher couldn't really find the perfect partner or perfect person to play that role in their business. Mm-hmm. Well,
3: it, my big thing with every job is you've got overhead, profit, and risk. And to have people downstream in our company our project managers, our superintendents, they all understand that. Mm -hmm. So when they come to me and they say, well, we need to do this, they've already weighed the risk and we can discuss it that way. My advice for any other company is if you think it's risky, you need to put it in the bid. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where a lot of failures are saying, well, I can do this job and it's going to cost me this much if this happens. Mm -hmm. Well, what if that doesn't happen?
0: It's a very important rule of thumb, because uh, entering the this time of bidding wars, right, Mm -hmm. you know, you're seeing more companies move, change scopes, start bidding work that you haven't really seen them on bid tabs are getting extremely long 1520 companies long. And you know, where numbers that are being submitted by some groups, they're probably right in line with what you're thinking, managing that risk, making sure that there's a decent enough profit margin in there, uh, and covering all the bases and then those that are coming in way low to win win the job. What did they Mm -hmm. miss? Right. Right. What did they miss? Um, Are they desperate? Are they just looking for cash flow? Because if that's the case, this is a a good conversation for them to listen to because they're they're setting themselves up for collapse at -hmm. some point Mm because it is not sustainable.
3: And I don't know how many times over the years I've heard even subcontractors say, well, I'm going to break even on this job. If you're on the job, you're the best value from the subcontractors that bid to me. Mm -hmm. So I know the money was there, especially if you guys were all within the same ballpark. Mm -hmm. So that just comes to management again.
1: Yeah. They say operating expenses could sometimes they say, if you can save 10 to 15% from an operating standpoint, it's like really increasing your profitability by 30%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's so many, it's the old, thought of, okay, just because you're a great contractor doesn't mean you're going to be a great operations person, but it doesn't mean you give up, it just means that you've got to have that passion to to keep learning. And and, this is
2: where, you know, we make a team because you specialize in estimating and you know what here in the office we're going to make sure that you have your closeout documents your Mm -hmm. everything that falls into play after you win the bid
0: and there's a significant amount of trust you obviously have to have right so you know you have some companies that are A lot of them are looking for estimation help, which is, to me, one of the most pivotal components of any construction company. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to know what you're bidding, what the market's doing to have successful jobs moving forward. Now, having that come in place, right, we're going back to the first couple years and kind of going through the process. What three components, in hindsight, would you suggest a company put in place, even from an outside support standpoint? Either from a financial level, legal level, anything that you would suggest these contractors consider.
3: Definitely find yourself a good attorney. A, a solid subcontract is is key. I'm no attorney by any means. Luckily, I've we've been blessed to have fantastic customers, so they don't get the the weird contracts or anything <laughs> like that. So it,
1: don't Google your subcontractor. Uh, no your sub-contract right. <laughs>
3: unfortunately hit some brick walls every now and again, and, and they'll be there to give you some advice. Yeah. So that's another relationship to build. Attorneys aren't cheap, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's money well spent.
2: Really understand your insurance certificates. If you're not sure, I would look for someone who specializes in, in our industry, for example, is construction. Mm-hmm. So make sure that they understand what you're trying to get and what are your limits and all that should be on our contract. So. yeah
1: which is funny just because i'm thinking about this roofing company that we had that you know you, you know they weren't my client when i first met them but the way they became a client is i'm reading their policy and basically everything they did as far as like commercial work was excluded so even though the certificate is pretty, I'm going like, mm-hmm. did you know schools and apartment buildings aren't covered under right. your policy? So I love that y'all brought that up. Mm-hmm. Not tooting the insurance <laughs> horn, but I couldn't help it. <laughs> but uh, okay, we're gonna go to the. But if you don't three. understand it yes. or why
2: it's needed, then I, it's weird because sometimes. A, smaller contractor that we're working with will bring me their invoice and say, this is what you're looking for. I'm like, no. Yeah. And I have a sample of what they need mm-hmm. and you know, that. you got to I mean, know why you're doing it.
3: And I think consistency is key. Yeah. So most of our subcontractors are repeat. Most of our clients are repeat. If I call up one of my painters that I've used for the past 10 years he knows that contract is going to be very similar. I'm not going to be hiding little sure. things in there. He knows the paperwork he needs to turn in is similar, AIA documents. The
1: system, yes. And it's we're true.
2: paid when paid. As long as all your paperwork's yeah. in, you know, as soon as we get paid,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. you get paid. Mm-hmm. You can almost sense the organization and the systems and the procedures that I'm sure a lot any business, even outside of the construction industry everybody benefits from streamlined processes and procedures
3: mm-hmm. well, and well and it, and it trickles down on our side as well we have a drop dead date that we submit our bills to our clients so we know that a certain date the next month we should be getting payments from our clients so we know okay well if we haven't got it yet we'll give it another few day grace period and follow up and
1: mm-hmm. i have a question about the timeliness of projects because i think that's a big I mean, just, just as a consumer who's – I've got relatives and friends and clients that do – they're on the receiving end of construction. They're hiring contractors. What do you think is some of the traits that allow you to take a project and actually finish it not just on time but sometimes early? What are, what are the, the mistakes that you're avoiding that you think that maybe others in the industry aren't avoiding?
3: here at our company our project managers are the estimators you take it from the paper document you estimate it and you manage it you write your own schedule so by going through that you know every nook and cranny of that job before it's ever awarded you know how many dollars you put in for drywall and for paint and for everything else you know what can be done the other huge component is actually on the client side we don't do too many design builds so, we usually get full documents in mm-hmm. uh, to bid off of. And so that estimator sends in the RFI. So, he knows if there's any questionable areas on those plans, he's already got an answer to them. Mm-hmm. Communication's huge with our company. So, we know who the project manager is, the construction manager. We have a relationship with them. And the better communication you can have, the faster a job's gonna go.
0: There's steps to that relationship, right? So you have the project owner and then the construction manager for the project owner. Correct. Just because you have a good relationship with the owner, if you don't have a good relationship with the construction manager, you're in for a tough project. Yes. Yeah. So okay. it, it's important to expand on that on that relationship. And you, you want to be a team player at the end of the day. Right. You know, pride aside, you know, you're there to do a job and do it to the best of your ability uh, and on time, on budget. Right. Mm-hmm. So expanding on that relationship is really important. How would a subcontractor approach Robinson General Contractors and doing some work for you?
2: I'm very proud to say that I love working with small contractors. So if you're a small contractor, you're HVAC, plumbing, painting, and you want to work with us, by all means, I'm always looking, especially if you work throughout Texas and New Mexico. Send me an email at info at robinsongc.com, and you can send me a copy of your insurance certificate. If it's a sample, that's fine. A W-9, what your company does, your primary NICS code, and any certifications that you may have.
0: Great. That works. And just to toot y'all's horn one more time, you can look them up at at, uh, robinsongc.com. Some notable awards that the company has been awarded is, I'll run down just a few of them, the San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. 2015.
2: Embajadora. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> of the year. Yes. Of the
0: year. Uh, San Antonio Minority Enterprise Development Week, 2016 uh, Emerging Construction Firm, the San Antonio Business Opportunity Council, 2016 Minority Enterprise Development Award, A Hispanic Contractors Association, Small Minority Woman Owned GC of the Year in 2016 and 2019. San Antonio Hispanic Chamber of Commerce 2017, making a mark of the world eighth annual women's awards luncheon rising star honoree.
1: And, and I got to just say, HEB is your client? Dang. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean?
2: Sprouts. I mean, that's some serious. That, that is a proud moment right there. Yeah. When we had absolutely. a project in Laredo, Texas, yes. my dad was like, oh, this is
1: even... <laughs> yeah, you guys are big time. He absolutely. was loving it. No, I, well, that was the thing is, uh, you know, as, as we talked and, you know, I got a chance to meet y'all. Before we hit the record button, it is really neat to see that it's, you know, like, like we said, it's not like you guys just walked into this super successful GC company and you took over. You built this from the ground up. Uh, Getting a phone call from HEB is, is, ecstatic for you guys just like it would be for so many people right mm-hmm. and the gratitude is is incredible so
0: pride aside if you have a, a client that is needing a fifteen hundred dollar fence moved yeah then by all means to uh, for that relationship to continue to flourish exactly. that's the key yeah
1: nothing better for marketing than people going around going like look they came out they did it they did it great and you know you never know what the possibilities are with the people you work with so. absolutely well thank you guys no, and I, thank you I bet you're gonna have like a great dinner tonight <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) but y'all be driving separately we just bought a house
2: so we're we're in the process of slowly packing and and getting all that prepared too.
1: well congratulations and thank you guys this is really great yeah we really appreciate it and uh, we'll
0: make sure that we include all the contact information so if y'all have any questions please reach out to Yvette And so we'll get it rolling from there. But Warren,
1: yes, everything you promised. Oh, uh, and a capability
2: statement, please send me that. Um, It's (laughs) always important to have one, right?
0: We gotta know what we
1: gotta know what you what you can
2: do. Yeah, what you can do. Let us know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, reach out, Robinson General Contractors. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate Appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Peace out.